Welcome to the Christian Coach Podcast, where our mission is to serve coaches through conversations so they can lead like Jesus. I am Jen Lemmy, and I'm joined by my co-host, Chad Simpson. Hey, Chad. Hey, Jen. Chad, this interview today is so special for me, and I know it's special for you because Coach Richie McKay of the Liberty Flames was the coach when we were there as students for a few years. Um, And now to be able to talk to him now where the Liberty Flames basketball team is on fire, literally and uh, figuratively, um, it's just so special to be able to learn from him, um, being able to now be around him for so many years in a row as a fellow coach. I've learned so much from just watching him, how he behaves uh, uh, among others. And, um, but it was, it was so cool to see how, how vulnerable he was in this interview. Before I, show, I throw it to you, Chad, let me give you a little rundown on Richie McKay's uh, bio. He was um, the head coach at New Mexico from 2002 to 2007. I'm going to start the bio there because he had so many stops along the way, but uh, we're starting there in New Mexico where he actually got to coach Danny Granger, who became an NBA great after that. Um, after that, he, he got let go of New Mexico and he shares that story with us in the interview. He went to Liberty for two years, recruited Seth Curry, um, and had one of the best seasons in Liberty's history up to that point in 2008, 2009. And then he left to follow his friend, Coach Bennett, for, uh, at UVA where he, was, where he became an assistant coach after being a head coach just to learn and serve the the Bennett family. And he goes a little bit more in depth also about that. Um, But in 2015, he decided to come back to Liberty as the head coach again. And since he's come back, Liberty has done tremendous things. What did you think about this interview? Well, I have the utmost respect for Coach McKay. He's one of my favorite coaches in the world. And it just shows from this interview just how vulnerable he was, how open and transparent, and how he was so kind to you that he uh, he cared to join your, your podcast and uh, just give his feedback. But um, I know our listeners are going to love it so, so much. And we just can't wait to get into it. Let's get into it right now. Coach McKay, thank you so much for being in the Christian Coach Podcast. We like to start every talk with a power question, and that's, what does it mean to you to be a Christian coach? Uh, Gene, first, thanks for having me on. And uh, I'm hoping that because we've been uh, able to work together on this campus uh, at this unbelievable university that maybe doing this podcast, you'll give me an hour's worth of lessons. Uh, that you sounds, know that you sounds know good. Although my, my backhand might need an hour a day for the next 10 years. <laughs> um, what's it mean to be a Christian coach? To, to me, I, I just think, you know, John Maxwell said it best when he said leadership can be summed up in one word, and that's influence. And I, I think for us, the believer, uh, we get a chance, we get afforded the privilege to, uh, to influence others. And whether that's the young men and women God has uh, granted us the opportunity to steward or to shepherd, um, or maybe it's walking along some of our peers or uh, those in which that are on the campus that maybe don't have the, the same title we do. I just think it's a, it's a great chance to influence through the kingdom because you and I both know this, GNU. We were never created for ourselves. We were created to glorify God and, uh, and illuminate 
the kingdom of heaven. So I think for me, if the age old uh, saying is true that you can never give away what you don't possess, for me, being a Christian coach means uh, being full of God's word and more importantly, the Holy Spirit's present in my presence in my life in order that I could influence well. Yeah. Let me follow up on that. And what are some of the strategies that you use and that you have in your daily routine that allows you to stay filled with God's word and that that way you can, you know, you can pour it out into staff and players and family. Yeah, it, it's a fight. Uh, let's, let's be <laughs> candid. I think the enemy, John Gordon has the five D's. Uh, that the enemy uses to thwart our pursuit. The first is uh, distract. He loves to distract us. Get a, He loves to get our attention onto something else. Loves to get us chasing a different glory. Uh, another is to divide. If he can get in the midst of a relationship of ours that's important and, uh, and, and divide our house, then, then obviously that could be dangerous. Uh, the third would be discourage. If there's something that happens in our day or in our week that, you know, the enemy can use to discourage us and uh, therefore people can't see the joy of the Lord in us, that, that makes our pursuit a, a lot more difficult. Um, the fourth is doubt. Uh, man, when we're in coaching and you go through one of those seasons, uh, whether a player or a coach, where you're, you're just not confident in your team or in yourself, that that weak voice of doubt can go it goes from a whisper to a scream yeah and i think it's our charge to continue to uh to fight for what god's word says about us and then uh lastly uh discouraged i say discouraged you said discouraged divide doubt i don't think you said divided okay divide Uh, the bible says uh, a house divided cannot stand so, uh, I, man, I'm so you to avoid or avert or to overcome the D's. I think it's critically important to get in his presence. And the hardest fight for me is to make the time to be quiet uh, so I can hear from God because I'm a doer. Gene, you and I are probably both the same. Yes. Uh, coaches are really competitive. And um, I got great advice in marital counseling once. Um, the guy said that um, you could be so right in what you say, but say it in such a way that it never gets heard. So uh, uh, that and my propensity to want to fix things can be detriments to, uh, to really honor the Lord and what he's called me to. Uh, can I say one more thing lastly? Yeah. To answer your question. So, yeah, man, I'm, I'm fighting for intimacy uh, in my quiet time with the Lord. And part of that quiet time has to be where I just listen, that I don't do, I just be. And in that, and there's a, there's a peace that I think um, comes over me and I kind of get out of the way and hopefully God's spirit is starting to lead my day. Yeah. Well, thanks for sharing that. Appreciate it. Um following you around, being around you for so many years now, you, you always mention pursuit over perfection. Yeah. What does that mean to you and the program? Yeah, great question. Uh, 
going back to my last answer about being doers, uh, fixing, striving, I, I think it's, it's part of our, it's, it's part of the way we were created. God created us to glorify him. The problem is, like I alluded to, sometimes we chase other glories. And I, I think in this day and age, where the social media presence, the instant gratification formula, uh, the world's opinion or view of success, I, I think it can dissuade us from, from you know, thinking that if, if we're not perfect, or maybe it may all even say it a little bit more vulnerably, if we don't give the appearance that we got it all together, I think it can cripple us. You know, we wear these masks so that other people will fall in love with the version of ourselves that we want them to see. Um, so God really broke me of that through a verse in his word, Hebrews eleven six, that says, without faith, it's impossible to please God. And it goes on to say, and he is rewarder of those who diligently seek him. Well, if you substitute that word, because they're very similar in meaning without trust, it's impossible to please him. So we have a, we have a saying in our program, it's not truth that transforms, it's trusted truth that transforms. So for me, that pursuit over perfection means that man, I'm going to continuously try and be the best version of myself that God's called me to be. Uh, but when I don't, when I miss the mark, I'm, I'm going to be remorseful, but I'm not going to live in shame. And I'd say in closing, that's where a lot of us live. We live in the shame that we're not good enough, that this image that we want people to think or believe about us is uh, if, if, we, if we don't give that presentation, they're not going to love us as much. And man, that's, there's, there's, there's no way to live. Yeah. It's yeah. by grace that we had been saved. That just adds a necessary pressure on our lives. Yeah, you know? no doubt. <laughs> um, obviously, you've turned around here, Liberty's program, very fast. So my next question is about recruiting. Um, what, what are you looking for in players, um, first and foremost? What, what is your strategy for finding those recruits and being able to bring them to campus and, and get them to buy into a, 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 a culture that is not very often seen elsewhere? Yeah. Yeah, gee, and thanks for the compliment, but I'd be remiss if I didn't tell you, number one, God's allowed us this, uh, this climb and, and the little bit of success that we've had, and I'm blessed with unbelievable people around me. Like, I know the value of men and women like you who maybe operate or mire in the invisible, but do an incredible job of relationship building and supporting our culture and our vision, so... Uh, I don't want to name all of our staff because I'd miss someone, but Sam Thomas, Zach Farquhar, Joe Pierre, uh, Jake Webb, Chelsea Mangino, uh, Brad Susie, Kevin Anderson, Joe Pierre, Derek Johnson, Rebecca Ray. I have some of the best of the best, Henry Barrera, that are around me. And they do such a great job of equipping our student-athletes. It's, it's really amazing. I learned from them. Uh, but one of the things that we have been intentional about is not paying any attention or disregarding the, the star by a player's name. Uh, we, we try and evaluate based on the things that we value in our program. That's teamship. No, it's not a word, but it's that ability to play uh, for something bigger than yourself. It's, uh, it's, we don't 
we don't try to bring someone into liberty that at least doesn't have a, a conscientiousness about growing in their faith. Um, we, we really try and get all in for the team guys. Brad Stevens, who's a mentor of mine from afar, uh, he said about um, your, your descriptive being a teammate, you're either a great teammate and fully invested or you're not. And I think it makes it real plain. If you're not fully invested in the us, it's probably going to be a uh, oil and water mix here. So, uh, man, guys have been so good. You know this. You recruit the Liberty. Yeah. This place attracts a fabulous student athlete. And we're the benefactor of that. So I think because of our mission and the, yep, the resources in terms of the buildings and the facilities, all that's great. But the best thing about Liberty is the people and that genuine, authentic pursuit of being a part of something bigger than yourself. And I think we've just tried to recruit the fit, if you will. Yeah, no, I, I I can see that it's uh, visible on the, on the court. I don't get to see practices, but when, when you guys are performing in front of thousands on TV, you can see that everyone is playing for each other. So thank you. You're welcome to come to practice anytime you want. (laughs) And if you can still shoot the three, maybe we can get you. (laughs) (laughs) Um, My next question is about um, the support staff and specifically Brad Susi. In a world of college athletics where assistant coaches are always looking to move on and and become a head coach somewhere, um, you've been together for over 25 years now. Yeah. which is almost unheard of in, in, a, in a world of college athletics. I've been here with Coach Marin for this is our ninth year, and I get questions all the time. Hey, when are you going? When are you going? And I'm like, I'm, I'm good. Like, I, I trust him. I trust what Liberty is all about. And so um, tell me a little bit more about that relationship, what it means to you, and the importance of having people that you can do life together for so many years. Yeah. Gene, if you've been with Coach Marin for nine years, did you start when you were six? <laughs> no. <laughs> Not fair, man. You, you look like you're a student still. And, uh, uh, and congratulations, because you guys have a fabulous program as well. Thank you. I, um, uh, there's, a, there's a phenomenal collection of coaches at Liberty. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's funny, because if we weren't careful, we could compete against each other's success, and it'd be really hard to feel good about yourself. Yeah. Because of the elite nature that Ian McCall and his staff have put together. And uh, yours is certainly uh, exemplary of that pursuit of excellence. Thank you. Um, with regard to Brad, I'm, I'm glad you asked. We have a unique relationship. It's a friendship. And uh, he's, a, he's a wonderful human being. Uh, I learn daily from him. His ability to serve and not be served is, uh, is elite. And it's a testament that he's chosen to sacrifice his title or his position of power in order to help, again, be a part of this vision and this, this cause. So I'm incredibly thankful for him. We're really like brothers. Uh, we get mad at each other. Um, we'll argue or disagree. Uh, but uh, we, we know each other's love for, uh, for God and for one another. Well, my wife was in the, the room of each one of his kids' uh, births, Michaela, uh, Levi, and Mariah. And uh, his wife was in the room of our latter two, Luke and uh, Gabriel. So needs to say our, our friendship is uh, it's like family. 
And uh, I'd say two last things about that. Uh, Kendra passed away, as you know, in uh, late August. And uh, to see her and Brad go through the 22 months of battling cancer was admirable. The way uh, they believed God for uh, what his will was, was, again, a testimony. Um, and I'll say lastly, and that is, I heard a quote, uh, family isn't just represented in your blood relatives, but it's anyone that loves you unconditionally. In Brad's unconditional love for me, and uh, in the way he's, uh, the way he's manifested, manifested that, it's been exemplary. And I'm very thankful uh, for all that he's done in, um, in making my life better as well as the lives of the players that God's privileged us to coach. Well, thank you so much for opening up about that. I know it's a special relationship. So, yeah. Um, I have a question. You, you came from, from New Mexico after getting let go there in a situation that you've shared before in other conversations that maybe you weren't expecting. Um, and then you came to Liberty for the first time. Then you moved to UVA and then came back. But my question is, what was God teaching you through that transition from New Mexico to Liberty, where it's a big name program at that point, to Liberty now, where it wasn't so known everywhere? Um, what, what, was your, what was God teaching you through that moment, through that situation? Yeah, Gian, great question. Um, full disclosure, uh, New Mexico was my dream job. It's where my dad played. I always wanted to play there. My dad was uh, my idol growing up. And uh, so when I wasn't good enough to play there, I always wanted to coach there. And uh, God gave me the desire of my heart. And I thought that this is it. After year three, uh, I signed a contract extension. We moved to a different house. I thought this is where I was going to retire. And I was only in my 40s. Uh, and, and God just he took me into the classroom. And... Uh, and he taught me in that classroom. And some of the things he taught me is that whatever you think can fulfill you that this world has to offer, you're mistaking. And not career pursuit, um, winning uh, position or popularity. Uh, man, I, I, it, was, it was becoming to the end of myself at New Mexico, uh, whereas I thought, hey, God, I'm, you give me this, I'm gonna serve you so well. And uh, real, real, real talk, I was, I was serving myself. And the pressure became so much on me that I isolated. Um, I, I, I was on my own island and man, I didn't, it, it was time for me to go when uh, the athletic director said that he wanted to make a change because at that point in my life, uh, it was a low, it was a real low. And uh, when he brought me to New Mexico or from New Mexico to Liberty, um, I was so blessed. Uh, Dr. Falwell senior, um, he hired me and I only knew him for a month, but I admired him for the brief time we had together. And what I learned in that process, it was God's, uh, way of moving me from the eighth grade to the ninth grade. And uh, then the UVA stopped and man, I'm 
I'm getting close to a PhD in this uh, <laughs> surrender to myself thing. Uh, but it's something that we all have to go through. And if we won't choose it ourselves, he loves us so much that he'll make sure we get to that classroom because he loves us. And I would just say, man, put your books under your arm, take your backpack off, pull out your computer and spend some time in, uh, in really diving into what his word says about you because, and there is where the freedom lies. Yeah. And graduation occurs. <laughs> well, thank you so much, uh, Coach McKay. We, we like to end every talk with uh, asking you for prayer. Um, how can we be praying for you? Yeah, well, thank you again for having me on, Jen. Your, uh, your reputation precedes you, man. I love, uh, whenever I see you, I think of humility in the way you always have a smile on your face. Um, you're always concerned about someone else. So uh, thank you for your witness. I, I would just say, uh, for me, we're, we're in a season of life. You know, again, my wife lost her best friend in Kendra Susie. And, uh, and we're in a season of life where uh, I, I just want to get it right. I want, I want God's will for, uh, for my, my life and our family uh, more so than I want to chase um, whatever I think might make me happy. So if you would just pray that I keep God on the throne and, uh, and attentive to uh, what his word says about me and, uh, and then my responsibility to, uh, to give my life away, that would, that would be well appreciated. That's great. All right, let's pray real quick. Dear Jesus, thank you so much for this conversation. Thank you for being in the center of it, Lord. I pray that you'll be with Coach McKay and the men's basketball program as they continue the season here, Lord, that they will glorify you and honor you with their play every time they step out on the court. And uh, Lord, I pray for the Susie family as they transition to a new stage of their lives now, Lord. After uh, losing Kendra, I pray that you, you help them to, to find comfort in you and in others that surround them with love unconditionally. And pray for the McKay family that they will get their priorities right, that you will be on the throne of their lives and, um, and controlling every decision that they make from here on out. In your name I pray. Amen. 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 What an interview, Gian. I'm so thankful for Coach McKay that he would share his time with us and, and all our listeners. Um, man, the, uh, the biggest takeaway, I loved how he talked about trying to just be quiet as he's trying to get closer to God. I know there's just so much distraction with cell phones and emails. It's not easy to just quiet the mind these days and, and just rest. And, and just his wording, too, that he uses... Um, I've heard him say it before, but just how he stewards and shepherds his team. And I've heard him talk about that with his family too, that he's a, a steward and a shepherd of his children. And just th those things really struck me. But I, I love this interview. Again, he's, he's one of my favorite coaches in the world. And this, this podcast was, was one of the reasons why you can just hear what kind of man he is and, and what kind of faith he has. Yeah, the thing to me that I highlighted was the pursuit over perfection. How that, that's always a theme in his teams. It's always about the process um, and pursuit, pursuit of perfection, but knowing that you're, full, you're fully not going to achieve it. Um, but the process is what matters most. Um, it was so thankful for Coach McKay coming in and speaking with us. Um, Coach, just wanted to give you an update. Starting in January, we're going to go to a once-a-week show. Um, and 
um, scattered in there. Sometimes we'll send in a bonus episode with a coach or a non-coaching uh, personality of some sort, maybe a pastor, maybe an FCA person, um, maybe an AD. But we're trying to focus mostly on the coaches' stories sprinkled in with other people involved in athletics as well. Um, Coach, we just want to wish you all a Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year, and we'll see you next year. But never forget, the mission field is right where you're at.